week's message, God Values Sabbath Rest. If you missed it, please go back and check it out. I think it's important. Um, I know it might have thrown out some ideas you hadn't heard of before. Um, definitely some stuff that's worth experimenting with. Um, I hope that it's beneficial for you. Please feel free to uh, send me questions that you have about it, but something that I think is helpful. Today's message, we're going to title God Values Learning. God values learning. I know, straight off the top, that might not be something that you are excited about. Uh, for me in school, for whatever reason, when I was uh, really kind of uh, a mess, I decided to cheat my way all the way through pre-algebra. And um, had a good time that year, uh, cut some classes and goofed around, just was not motivated by school. Um, but then when I started to get my head screwed on straight and started to really try in my classes, it made it incredibly difficult for me going through algebra um, and the classes I had to take uh, later. And so I I, I kind of started to get a part of my identity that I was not the smartest person, not the uh, sharpest tool in the shed, the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, and so there was a season in my life where learning was really not something that I was excited about. And it could be any one of a number of reasons that you may have experienced that. Maybe it was a, a bad teacher. Uh, maybe it was a difficulty or a challenge. But I want to just invite us into this journey of faith with God. Uh, hear me on this. Trust me on this. God loves you. Uh, we see that Jesus leads us, including for our benefit. And so there's going to be something helpful for you today. Now, think about it. Going all the way back to the Garden of Eden, straight out of the gate, God gives Adam and Eve the opportunity to learn about plants, the natural world, and animals. And it was a journey of joyful discovery. What new thing is around the corner? And so it should be something that can include fun, um, something that can be exciting. Uh, and so that's something for us to take a look at. Now, I want to actually today look at what I call the fast food section of the Bible. Uh, that's in the middle, uh, and particularly today in Proverbs. But first, let's just take a little bit of the story of Proverbs and where it comes from. It comes from the story of Solomon. And you see this account in 1 Kings chapter 3 and 2 Chronicles chapter 1. Allow me to just read it for us today. Solomon loved the Lord and followed all the decrees of his father David, except that Solomon offered sacrifices and burned incense at the local places of worship. The most important of these places of worship was at Gibeon. So the king went there and sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. That night, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and God said, What do you want? Ask and I will give it to you. Solomon replied, you showed great and faithful love to your servant, my father, David, because he was honest and true and faithful to you. And you have continued to show this great and faithful love to him today by giving him a son to sit on his throne. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made me king instead of my father. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous that cannot be counted. Give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong. For who by himself is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for wisdom. So God replied, 
because you have asked for wisdom in governing my people with justice and have not asked for a long life or wealth or the death of your enemies, I will give you what you asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has had or ever will have. And I will also give you what you did not ask for, riches and fame. No other king in all the world will be compared to you for the rest of your life. And if you follow me and obey my decrees and my commands as your father David did, I will give you a long life. Wow, this is quite an amazing story. And this is the backdrop to the book of of the Bible called Proverbs. What we see in it is that God recognized in King Solomon a genuine heart of wanting to have the wisdom to govern the people for the common good so that everyone would have an equal opportunity. Everyone could have good health. Everyone could uh, benefit from it. And God recognized his heart motive as in alignment with his own, God's own value system, he recognized his heart motive and he said, okay, I will give you what you asked for, but I'm also going to smack you with overwhelming blessing. <laughs> it's really something else. So what we see as a result is that Solomon writes, um, a co- he collects and over a number of years, around a thousand years before Jesus walked the earth, he collects this book of Proverbs, which is instruction. And we actually get early on what the purpose of it is. Proverbs chapter one, verses two through seven. Their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline or self-control to help them understand the insights of the wise Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. This is really something else. A lot of people have said that for what the Psalms are for our devotional life, Proverbs is for our practical daily life. And I think that that's true because what we see in Proverbs, a lot of one-liners, some collection of thoughts, um, is what we see is help for us to apply God's guidance to various aspects in our daily life. And we also see some particular comparison between the benefit of learning and the consequences of refusing to learn. So there's a few different aspects of it when we're talking about learning, when we're talking about God's value system on learning, that I think we should unpack just a little bit. What we see in the book of Proverbs Uh, in particular, um, is the word knowledge. Knowledge is most of the time referring to information. And you see Proverbs 18, verse 15, intelligent people are always ready to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge, for new information. Proverbs 15, 14, a wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. I feel like There are businesses that we enjoy that uh, are making billions of dollars on that principle. They literally have developed algorithms uh, around 
um, trying to keep us locked in on a screen feeding on trash. So that's the word knowledge. Um, understanding. Understanding is what the information means. So I'll give you an example. So one point of information is gravity. If I drop this, it drops. It falls. That's gravity. So um, understanding is what the data means. It's knowing what the data means. So birds sitting on a power line tend to drop things. Understanding is if I'm underneath the power line, whatever they drop might fall on me. Now, that's different than wisdom, which is knowing what we should do about it. If, having observed gravity and birds on a power line that tend to drop things, understanding is knowing that maybe I shouldn't walk under the birds. Um, there's a bunch of different examples uh, of this. Timothy Leatherman got a mechanical engineering degree from Oregon State University. He came up with the idea for a Boy Scout knife with pliers uh, during a driving trip, a long road tour with his wife where the car kept breaking down and he needed better tools. The Leatherman tool, which I'm holding in my hand here, which is a, a company from my hometown, Portland, Oregon, was an innovation uh, taking knowledge and then understanding and then using wisdom to apply it and invent a product that was very helpful. Um, and so I, I, I have found that to be something that I like to have around on a regular basis. And uh, But I think we should know that God gave us the ability uh, to get knowledge, obtain understanding, and grow in wisdom. Check this out, Proverbs 8. Uh, verses 10 through 14. Choose my instruction rather than silver, and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you can desire, nothing you desire can compare with it. And then taking on the character of wisdom. I, wisdom, live together with good judgment or discernment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Common sense and success belong to me. Insight and strength are mine. Going just a little bit further, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Wow. Proverbs is packed with a lot of insight, um, a lot of helpful guidance, and I think it's important for us to consider that God is into learning. God created it. He's the source of it. It's a God idea. Um, he finds pleasure and purpose in giving us this ability to learn and to grow in wisdom. Uh, I, I have really been enjoying um, a lot of the things that have been communicated recently about African-American inventors that had previously been largely unknown. Uh, tragically, um, Oprah 
has been putting uh, this out. History.com and thinkgrowth.org have been listing different African-American inventors, such as Dr. Shirley Jackson, who was the first African-American woman to earn a doctorate in nuclear physics at MIT. Her experiments with theoretical physics paved the way for numerous developments in the telecommunications space, including the touchtone phone and fiber optic cable. Your life would be really different today without fiber optic cable. Uh, so being an inventor is learning knowledge, gaining understanding of what that knowledge means, and then the wisdom to know what to do with it, how to apply it, and in particular for following God's pattern for the common good of all people. Now, listen, um, all people might be equal, but not all sources of information or wisdom might not be equal. So the fear of God that you see referenced in scripture, which is living out of a reverence for and a constant awareness of God, of who God is, and then as a result, who I am, that fear of God is the source of wisdom. Uh, we see that Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10, fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. That is the origin point. And Proverbs 9 is an enjoyable read as you see wisdom described as a character. Interestingly enough, described as a woman. And I think this, the life story of Solomon has uh, something to do with that. So it's important for us to understand that not all sources of information are equal. I really enjoyed um, a book by Steve Sample, who was the dean of uh, USC, uh, that turned the school around and really turned it into a respected university. His book, uh, The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership, he talked about this, how not all sources of information are equal and not all sources of information are worth the same amount of your energy. Um, in uh, the world of higher learning that he was a part of, um, and leadership in particular, it was very common for people to spend um, most of their time on current events and books written by people just like in recent couple of years. And then very little time on learning from other sources of information. And in his book, The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership, he makes a case that that's actually not smart. Um, that a lot of things that are being written today are not going to be relevant um, by the time our grandkids are running things. Um, in fact, a lot of things that are written today are not substantial enough um, and will be dated pretty soon. Uh, but that there are super texts um, like the Bible, which he references, like many other pieces of literature, some of the classics, things that were written more than 200 years ago that still inform the human condition today. And that we should spend most of our time and energy learning from the things that are most valuable and then a minority of our time and energy on the things that are less valuable. So I know this could be a difficult concept, especially right now with current events the way they are that we would spend most of our time on sources of information that are most valuable and then a minority amount of our time on sources of information that are less valuable. That can be difficult, especially with current events, with coronavirus, 
uh, racial justice, equality, so many different things going on in our world, the urgency of the moment can kind of have a tendency to really grab our attention. And the fact that we now all walk around with these powerful smartphones in our pockets, um, where there are many apps and many different sources of information that are constantly calling for our attention, some of them that we can find soothing, uh, some of them that we can, where we can be disturbed by what's going on in the world. I think it's important for us when we are looking at the reality that God values learning, that we are careful with what we give a majority of our time. Proverbs 4, 7 says this, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do and whatever else you do, develop good judgment. We should be asking ourselves, is what I'm reading, what I'm looking at, what I'm spending time with right now, building my wisdom? Is it growing my wisdom? I can find fulfillment and joy in learning. Um, it can actually help me defray stress because my fear and anxiety can be greatly diminished when I actually understand an issue and what's going on with it. But it, we can, what we have right now is a lot of information, entertainment, infotainment, um, shows and, and social media things that are not totally reliable in their information and are not totally beneficial. And so I just want to caution us to be careful about that. Uh, listen, I love podcasts and podcasts and shows and movies and things. You can get to know certain characters and um, in listening to them, you can, um, and, and, and research has proved this, uh, different articles have been published about this. You can interact with them and, can, and it can actually be uh, part replacing your social activity. You can, your, the psychological effect on you is that you are in a relationship with those characters or with those voices or experts, whether it be nonfiction or fiction. Um, but what, and that can, it can be helpful. It can be entertaining and, and God wants us to have pleasure in this life. It can be helpful. It can be entertaining, but at the same time, it can also be draining what social energy we have available. And then as a result, we are then too tired to actually invest in real relationships, relationships with real people where there's real dialogue. And so just a word of caution there for us to be um, careful about that. Am I allowing, whether it be news, current events, am I allowing things to drain that energy and, or am I balancing it in a healthy way so that I do have energy? I, here's what I'm saying. We need to be learning. We should be learning. We should enjoy learning. And there's learning that is important for us. We need a little bit of caution here and there, such as 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, knowledge puffs up. Here's what it says. Now, regarding your question about food that has been offered to idols, this was a hot topic among Christians at the point because they could buy meat at the market that was a lot more affordable because it had already been used in a idol worshiping ceremony. And there was a real controversy among Christians about that. Here's what um, it says. Yes, we know that we all have that we all have knowledge about this issue but while knowledge makes us feel important it is love that strengthens the church anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much but the person who loves god is the one whom god recognizes so our motive and what we do with it and where we let it take us is really important 
It should be for the common good. It should be beneficial to ourselves. It should be beneficial to each other. Remember, we're using that same filter to love God with the best of my energy and love my neighbor as myself. God notices the motives. We see this in the story of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11 and verse 4. What they said was, Come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over around the world. Now, God brought judgment on them. Their motive was self-glory. You know, I just want to pause for a second. I know that this may be exhausting. Life, anxiety, stress, unpredictability, different things we have going on around us can be really difficult. And um, life can come at you fast, can beat you up a little bit, and then cause you to stop learning, stop wanting to learn. That thought might even just be exhausting to you. But I I want to share this with you because I do believe it can be life-giving and helpful but with just a couple of basic questions and some time with God that can help recharge you, refresh you, make whether it be um, important learning that needs to get done or work-related things or even just recreational learning, make it life-giving again. My family and I, one of the things that we love the most is learning about new deep-sea creatures. What an amazing God! Have you seen the stuff that they discover? Every major deep sea excursion discovers multiple species that has never been known to human history before. God created this stuff thousands of years ago and has just been waiting for us to find it. God is into learning. And learning from scripture is the most valuable, the most helpful. It's the most life-giving. It's what can bring about the most joy. It's not easy, but it's better, it's easier and more life-giving when we share the journey together. And so what I do is I will, every day I'm going to read something from scripture and then I force myself and I, I do it with in these in these uh, moleskin journals because I want to be um, away from my phone or devices or anything with an interruption. And I'm going to force myself to write down for every section of scripture something that I have learned, something that I take away from it. And I've been sharing that journey uh, for years, constantly updating it at benmalman.com. So every day there's a unique post where you can walk along with me. Ben, why do you say that the Bible is a more valuable source of information? Well, I would just invite you to have a look at this book to check that out. Why should I trust the Bible? Because not all sources of information are equal. So we got to carefully consider our sources. Some people think that the scientific method is an enemy to Christian faith. I think the opposite. I think God's given us the ability for reason and many innovations have been done by Christians. I think that identifying our doubt, identifying major questions, searching for the answers to those major questions will actually strengthen your faith. And that's something that I really recommend. I want to one other quick moment before we wrap up with discussing what we learn from all this and what we should do about it. I want to talk about public narratives. One of the reasons that we are looking at this issue today is because right now there is a public narrative going around that Christians don't want to be learning. And that concerns me deeply. Um, I refuse to get drawn down into argumentative partisan politics 
I believe that first and foremost, my identity is as a follower of Jesus Christ and that that's more important than any other identity. But at the same time, I do believe that it is important for us to learn about the issues of our day and our country and even politics for the common good so that we can do our part voting, do our part serving in our neighborhoods, do our part giving away groceries, do our part in making good decisions for the good of all people. What we see is that uh, Paul in um, Athens on Mars Hill was learning what the public narratives were of that day and trying to identify what were the things that they believed that he could affirm from a God-given perspective. Acts chapter 17, verses 28 to 29, uh, speaking, this is Paul speaking of God and what he had reasoned about what he had learned about their belief system in the city of Athens. For in him we live and move and exist... As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. Paul is saying, hey, listen, I've walked around. I've seen all your idols and your idol worship. I see that you are worshiping things that you created as though they are Lord over you. And I affirm that you are spiritual people seeking spiritual truth. I affirm that you believe that we are the offspring of a living God. And I want to tell you about who the one true living God is and how he has revealed himself through Jesus. That's what's happening in Acts chapter 17. I think it's very important for us us, whether it is in regards to Black Lives Matter, whether it is in regards to issues of sexual identity and ethics, whether it is in regards to issues of immigration, um, in, on any issue we should be looking for from a God perspective, what can I affirm about what is being said in the public narrative? And I believe that God... Um, wants us to be learning. So let's ask some questions as we close. What do we learn? Now, please understand, I'm just giving a brief thumbnail sketch. I believe that you can find this topic in every book of the Bible, particularly in Proverbs. And so I'm just summarizing what through a couple of decades of Bible study, um, I've learned and also learned from other recognized Christian um, voices. So what do we learn? Number one, God is the source of wisdom. Remember, wisdom is a right, healthy understanding of what I should do about what I've learned. God is the source of wisdom. We shouldn't get puffed up. Uh, It it shouldn't inflate us. We shouldn't equate it as meaning I am more valuable than anybody else. We should always recognize that God is the source. Number two, God values learning. That God created us to learn. He wants us to enjoy it. There should be um, pleasure and purpose in it. Number three, God cares about our motive for learning. It's very clear. God cares about why is it that you're wanting to learn? Are you wanting for you to get all the glory? Are you wanting to do something? Uh, Here we come. Number five, learning should be helpful to the common good. You can enjoy it yourself. Oh, check this thing. Isn't this thing out? Isn't this really cool? But sharing it brings it to fulfillment. And our purpose that we see, even in our pleasure and in learning, should include something for the good of all people. Number six, 
not all sources of information are equal. All people are equal, but not all sources of information are equal. Not all ideas are of equal value. Number seven, we can enjoy learning. It is possible. I know that might be the toughest pill for you to swallow in this message, but I would encourage you, if we give this some deep thought and if we're applying a Sabbath principle like we talked about last week and we're getting into a healthier rhythm between work and rest, I think we can start to enjoy life more and even find things that are fun to learn about. Um, You know, for example, I, I actually curate a little bit of a YouTube playlist for my family with different topics and different things that are fun um, to learn about. Uh, what should we do about this? Let's ask that question. What should we do about this? Well, number one, let's choose to value what God values. If this is important to God, I need to make that a part of my own value system. God values learning. Number two, read Proverbs. Did you know there's 31 chapters in Proverbs? There's one for every day on the calendar. For whatever day of the month it is right now, you can open your Bible to the middle of the fast food section of the Bible and read the Proverbs. You might read a one-liner and it could really help you with your day. That was what I did at the early stages of my faith. It was the only Bible reading I did. One proverb a day. Uh, Number three, make a list of topics for learning. What are the things that you should be learning about? Make a list of those things. What are the things you want to learn about? What sounds exciting? What sounds interesting? Make a list of those things. Number four, consider the source that you are learning from. Uh, This is important. Right now, particularly with coronavirus, one of the things that we are learning from people that know best about these things is that a peer review medical study is more valuable than a small study. Um, And there's a lot that could be said about that, but how much work has gone in, the quality of the work that has gone in, if they've been true to the scientific method, if they've been careful about not contaminating their results. Uh, You know, we've got an aquarium with African cichlid fish at at home, and uh, I have to be careful when I'm going to test the pH of the water. Um, I don't put my finger to cap the the little test tube. I put the little lid on to, to, to do that just in case anything that's on my finger would affect the, the result. So consider the source. And for my money, um, God is the most valuable source. Uh, we start there, but we don't diminish other sources because it's God who has give other people the value for learning, such as Bonhoeffer right here. Bonhoeffer, I think, has a lot to say about what is going on in our current day and age. So consider the value of the source. Number five, give each source value-based input. I talked about from the Contrarian's Guide uh, for Leadership. Give most of your time and energy to the most valuable sources. Number six, share the journey. Talk about it with other people. Uh, Hey, listen, we're not in middle school anymore. Um, It's okay to be excited about learning. Share it with somebody else. It doesn't make you uncool. And number seven, have fun. Enjoy it. Have fun. I think that's what God created us for. Would you allow me to uh, pray for us today? God, I thank you so very much that you saved us because you love us, that you created us by design, and that you give us the ability to learn both for purpose and for pleasure. Help us to just 
uh, have our curiosity peaked with this. Help us to start to dig into it. Help it to be exciting to us, uh, Lord, on all subjects that we would want to learn more about you, that we would want to learn more about ourselves. We would want to learn more about the world around us. Lord God, give us a courage and a faith around the subject of learning. Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, thank you so much for participating with this video today. Feel free to share it uh, with friends. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.